Well, you know what? While we wait for him to come on, I just wanted to say a couple things about uh, Robert or Bobby, whatever he calls himself, uh, behind closed doors. First of all, he's a punk ass nigga. Let's just be straight. Uh, he's one of the worst type of niggas to the movement because you sit here and one minute you're all for the black cause, but you'll sell us out for nothing. Uh, just for a few dollar bills. So those are the worst types of niggas ever. Nigga clearly blocked my mom. So I have a personal beef with him. So fuck Robert Lattell. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Sapri706. This is KTSC Av. We are the content contenders, the hot ticket vendors, talking everything you thought you didn't need to hear. Subscribe on Apple, SoundCloud, and YouTube. We have our uh, usual host, Marcus Sniffles, who was just recently blocked by one of the homies on Twitter. And we have uh, <laughs> AC3 Savage. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Prince Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have a special guest, uh, Trey. What is your hat, Trey? At Trey Blakes, T-R-E-B-L-A-K-E-N. AC, how's your week been going, man? My week's been wonderful. You know, been all across the country, uh, Gulfport, New Orleans, Atlanta, just everywhere. So uh, it's been great. Uh, all right, so real quick, what we're going to start off with is that there were some some wild uh, revelations going on the timeline uh, with the homie uh, Mr. Robert Littell. Full disclosure, I did use to write for BSO, Black Sports Online, and the, uh, the homie traded too. And there was a lot of uh, things that came out as far as his treatment of uh, female writers, which uh, was pretty bad, pretty problematic in in this era of screenshots and, you know, Me Too movement. And it was inappropriate on his part. Like, there's really no getting around it. Like, those aren't really conversations that somebody that's in charge of an organization should be having with his his coworkers, period. Like, there's no reason for that. So I know the, the homies, Jeff Queen and uh, Josh are on Twitter making jokes, talking about that's, that's my boy. And I, I get his jokes, but I mean, literally, I was just trying to, to write, just, you know, as, as the homie Trey will let it be known that it was viewed as an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? We're young, black on Twitter, you know, just trying to do our thing. And um, we don't condone any of his behaviors. Uh, we didn't participate in, any of the, in those behaviors. And, uh, as soon as I read them things, man, I had I had to hit the unfollow button, man. I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't really participate in this. Um, and, and again, I don't really want to be guilty by association. He did come out and make an apology, which a lot of people did not like because he did not mention the names of the women accusers uh, that came out and spoke about him. Um, also, they felt the apology was a bit a bit fake. I mean, he did own up to what he was doing, and uh, it it just it's it's a lot going on. But I have some other comments on that later on. But I want Trey to talk about his experiences with BSO. Saw him tweeting about it. Uh, there's a whole hashtag called BSO Exposed. So just just tell the people a little bit about your experiences working with BSO and Mr. Latow and how like just give everybody like a, a snapshot on from start to finish, like how you got into it and then when you departed. Cool. All right. So I uh, I was in my freshman year of college at Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi. And I was a communications major and playing football. And I was just kind of trying to get in the field of sports writing. I had an interest in sports writing. So I stumbled upon BSO's website. And I saw that you could apply to write or contribute for them. So I applied on the website. And I, I heard back from him within like a week or so. And he told me that I had basically been approved uh, to be evaluated on like a trial basis, basically like an internship. 
and that the position was non-paying and that uh, only 10% of people in the trial phase go on to become real contributors for the site. But when you do go on to become a real contributor, that you could uh, that you, you get a lot of opportunities such as uh, traveling and uh, going to like the Super Bowl or the NFL Combine. Uh, so I started writing for him and uh, he, he was expecting like daily articles. Uh, I had no journalistic experience at the time. So I was expecting to basically get a lot of advice and kind of just learn my way through him or uh, get a lot of experience from him. But uh, he really didn't teach me much. I would send him my articles and uh, I would expect like a lot of editing kind of since I didn't really have any experience, but he didn't really change much of my articles besides the titles. He would always like change the titles to make them really like clickbaity, you know? And uh, uh, I was writing for him from, for about two months, close to two months from November uh, 2018 to January 2019. And he just uh, started demanding more articles. And I was just kind of like seeing that the opportunities that he was talking about uh, weren't really coming to pass. So I just kind of left and yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I kind of had the same experience. Like I actually saw him tweet out like he was looking for a position as, you know, I'm I'm not really writing wasn't really what I was going to get into, but I look at, you know, any opportunity to kind of grow, you know, your your brand. Like we do a podcast, obviously we're on it right now. And I saw this opportunity to kind of get my name out there a little bit. And like I like sports. I'm on Twitter a lot, you know. It writing's not horribly hard. Mm-hmm. But it, it was the same thing, like, hey, only a certain amount of people make it through the trial period try to make it seem like it was kind of very exclusive. He did discuss like, oh, there's other opportunities once you uh, get approved or whatever. So um, so I went through the same thing. I wrote for a little while. I made it past the uh, trial period and it was the thing with the articles, right? So again, like I said, I've never had any kind of journalistic experience. You know, he's like, hey, you know, look for stories or he'd send stuff. And and I, I got it. I got what the game was because he did do a podcast. And he pretty much said that he was out pretty much for clickbait, you know, kind of lowest common denominator uh, stories, because that's what people want. You see that sites that he works for, like TFZ Thrive, like all the ratchet posts usually get more run than regular posts. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I kind of try to find more stories that I kind of want to write about. I honestly really kind of wanted to try to do just like Falcon stuff, but that didn't really work out. But yeah, as far as like the, the stories, there wasn't much editing. Then if you like made a mistake, like all hell would break loose. It's like, oh, my name is on the line. Yeah. Uh, you guys need to make sure you're editing better and blah, 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 blah. Fix the title. All oh, these stories got to be out in like 10 minutes. I'm like, bro, how do you expect to get a quality product out in like 10 minutes? Right. It, it was it was more about speed than quality, if that makes sense, for the most part. Yeah. I noticed that he just, he liked to just like kind of flood the internet. It was just more about getting articles out as opposed to putting quality out. He just kind of likes to flood the internet with information and things that people look quick on. That's what I noticed when I was there. Yeah. And it was a little, it was a little disheartening. Like sometimes it, it was kind of cool. Like, Hey, you do an article and you'd see it get some retweets and like, Oh, Hey, cool. Let's get some, some traction. But I, I kind of had I had kind of had my reservations on how that worked because like just to kind of give away a little bit of the game, uh, the the site is kind of ran via uh, WordPress, and like I if you've been on the site, you'd go on there, you'd see like oh shit, 
like if you just read a regular article, it'd say like shared like 5,000 times viewed by like 30,000 people. Yeah. And like all that shit was fake. Like the shit was like pre put on there. So like yeah. literally any article, it would make it seem like it was read by all these people or retweeted all these times, but it wasn't. It was like, it's all smoke and mirrors, which again, if, if that's how the game is, it is what it is. But I was like, I was just kind of peeping how things worked. And I mean, for what it's worth, there was things to be learned, like just kind of how to go about doing things. But I mean, there were some people that I guess have got opportunities from it. Um, he did text me one time saying like, hey, you know, he knew I was a Falcons fan. He's like, hey, if you know, if you're ever in Atlanta, I can get you credentials to the game. So I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. I don't live nowhere near Atlanta. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's cool. But again, I, I knew what it was. So I wasn't really tripping on the pay part like a lot of the people uh, who were on the Internet, you know, going at him like these women about the women and stuff like that. I'm like, I mean, that's that is what it is. But the other stuff was out of control. Like I never saw any of that stuff in the chat rooms uh, myself. And, and it's funny. A lot of people are, are seeing that his name in the group me was the overseer and that <laughs> people found that to be problematic. And I was like. I mean, I mean, whatever, dog. Like, it is what it is. But um, yeah, he, he, yeah, he was definitely a. I, I would say using people, but I mean, for some of it, you know, people knew what it was when they signed up. But yeah. Uh, yeah. again, to all the women, I know I follow a couple of them. You know, sorry that you had to deal with that, and that y'all were put through that, and you know, man or trash, pretty much. Like that's what it boils down to. So. Mm-hmm. Did he, uh, did he take your names out of your articles too? Um, I'm not sure. So like when I started writing for him, I had to I had to go take care of some stuff. And uh, one of the things that you'll you'll you've probably seen if you checked out the BSO thread, and we need more of the, the the male writers to speak about their experiences. But kind of the common factor is like, dude, he's kind of a jerk. Like, he's kind of a kind of a dickhead. Like, like I know one time I found an article that I thought would be really good. And he was like, nah, whatever. And then like the next day he used the same article. I'm like, I told you, I told you this has some, some run to it. And then he was like, oh, I didn't say you couldn't do it. I was like, I like yeah. whatever. Or like you send him an email or, you know, making suggestions or whatever. Like so he sent out an email saying like, hey, you know, when he was trying to do like a heat check, because he had, he had quite a few people under him, but they kind of like disappear because of how they were treated. And he'd be like, hey, you know, what can I do to be better? And I sent a response of some suggestions. No reply. No response. I'm like, damn, dog, do you really care? Or are you just like fishing to see you still out there? You know what I'm saying? To kind of do your work. Mm-hmm. But um, like when I originally had to take some time off, I was like, hey, X, Y, and Z is going on in my life. I need to do X, Y, and Z. No response. Didn't see if I was good. No thumbs up. No thumbs down. Just like Whatever. on to the next one. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that was it was an interesting experience, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with that site uh, from here on out. But honestly, in this age, man, he could probably tweet through it, man. Next week, somebody else will say some crazy shit, and unfortunately, people will forget. But I mean, hopefully, he learned his lesson, and uh, you know, people now know what it is. So, so if they really do sign up, then. You're kind of putting yourself in a position to be yeah. mistreated or whatnot, but I just hope nobody uh, like signs up thinking that they're this is like some fantastic opportunity that they could level up in. That's what I want people to know. Just 
you gotta really work. You gotta you gotta really work to actually do something with DHL. So yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you coming through. Like uh I, I definitely like getting other you know, accounts. It's good to see there's other people out there that kind of dealt with the madness and kind of understand where we're coming from. So uh, I definitely appreciate you coming through. For sure. Appreciate, appreciate you having me. Hey, definitely. Shout out your socials again. Uh, Trey Blakes on Twitter, at Trey Blakes, T-R-E-B-L-A-K-E-S, and Instagram, Trey underscore Blakes. Spelled the same way. All right, cool. Y'all definitely follow the homie. We'll catch you later. All right. Appreciate you. All right, let me get the other. We have another BSO writer real quick and give his quick account. Yo, Sammy, what's good, man? So we just had another one of the homies on talking about his experience at BSO. Let, let, let the people know what your experience was like out there with uh, with Mr. Latow. Well, you know what? While we wait for him to come on, I just wanted to say a couple things about uh, Robert or Bobby, whatever he calls himself. Uh, behind closed doors. First of all, he's a punk ass nigga. Let's just be straight. Uh, he's one of the worst type of niggas to the movement because you sit here and one minute you're all for the black cause, but you'll sell us out for nothing uh, just for a few dollar bills. So those are the worst types of niggas ever. Nigga clearly blocked my mom. So I have a personal beef with him. So fuck Robert Lactel. Anyway, Sammy Socialite, what's your opinions on working for BSO? Man, that shit was crazy. Like, to to be completely honest, I mean, yeah, he 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 got on there and said, yeah, we knew we wasn't gonna get paid, which is cool. But the expectations that he had for us, and the the blowing up of articles that we wrote, like, yeah, we don't have to get paid a, a salary or a stipend, but he could have he could have most definitely helped us out because he was the only person benefiting from the title BSO. Like, there's there's so many people that follow BSO who thought that Rob was the only person writing articles. And that shit, that shit never been true. Okay. I, I know personally, for me, I've had, I've had multiple articles that that blew up on BSO. Like, I'm the first nigga that interviewed B Dot, who is like, you know, the basketball, the basketball impersonator. I'm the first nigga that interviewed B Dot before he even blew up on ESPN. And that shit was on BSO, and that shit blew up. I'm the nigga that 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 talked to Bruce Irvin. Hawks game when he told me that he was trying to come to Atlanta and he didn't he didn't come to Atlanta that first year but he ended up coming to Atlanta because I mean that nigga already told me that shit like multiple I I was on I I personally was on like ESPN talking about that shit like but did I get anything from that of course not it was all BSO and the the most fucked up part about how he does business is when when you no longer work for BSO, that nigga sends out an email saying, "Oh, this person is bad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Don't ever let don't ever let this person cover your sports." Like he literally blackballed blackballed me in Atlanta. 
I was working for for a whole nother site and they they wouldn't they was trying not to let me work because they seen that my name was attached to BSO and he sent emails out talking about some oh you um don't don't let him don't let him work. Shit's crazy, bro. Damn. So how long did you actually write for BSO? It goes, it goes so much deeper. How long did you write for BSO? I wrote for BSO from 2014 to the top of 2016. So almost two whole years, but it was like a year and a half. Okay. So does anything that's happening now surprise you with all the uh, allegations from the, the ladies and stuff like that? Hey, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna cap, bruh. When the the first day I got hired, me me and Samantha got hired the exact same day. And we've been cool, we've been cool with each other ever since. Um I was in the group me not the day that he not the day of the post that she posted, but I was in the group me a lot more times like that nigga, that nigga literally used to always be like, hey, Tamatha, why don't you use, why don't you use your goodies to, you know, to get access to so-and-so. And it's like, <laughs> and she used to always be like, I don't talk about my sex life. So, like, that shit was out of line, bro. Like, she was not going for that shit. And now, like I said, she done moved moved on she worked for revolt we all done moved on in our own aspects shit that nigga fired that nigga fired me through text because because the person i was trying to i was trying to go to falcons training camp like the atlanta falcons i'm i'm based out of atlanta and the the um sports like the the person that was in charge of like media that nigga emailed me back, but he didn't he didn't CC Rob. And that nigga was mad as hell with me because he said I didn't communicate. And I'm like, bro, like you was on the original email. I'm sorry that that nigga did not email you back. I gladly told you the information, but that nigga let me go through text because he thought I was trying to be shady. I'm like, no, Please nigga, charge. like I'm literally just trying to do the job that you asked me me to do. Like I, said, I haven't dropped, I haven't dropped my text yet. I'm gonna let the women, because the women came at him with a whole nother, with a whole nother um, aspect of it, and I'm gonna let the women do what they gotta do. But it's it's multiple, it's multiple slanderous things that that nigga Rob was talking to the to the people that work with him like he treated he treated both the men and women disrespectful but you know like i said i'm gonna let them have they they me too movement because at the end of the day that shit's disgusting as fuck too that nigga definitely was trying to womanize the women that worked with bso well shoot well i appreciate your 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 uh your commentary. I, I definitely do see the same thing. Like he, he was kind of a jerk, but I mean, once you drop your text, uh, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on. Cause I definitely want to see how this goes. Like I'm trying to see if you can actually 
make it after this. So I kind of followed BSO for like, I guess the, the other side of sports media coverage. Um, he would kind of expose how, you know, sports media would treat one particular athlete compared to another. And, you know, when one had a good game, it was like, oh, well, it was the team that let him down. And when another one had a bad game, they would give credit. Just just certain things like that, that, you know, that black people would mostly understand just, you know, the double standards of how, you know, black quarterbacks, black athletes are covered. And I thought it was a good, um, it was good to have that balance out there, to have someone to be able to speak to those issues. But I mean, over time, it's just like the website wasn't that good. You had to like flip the pages six times just to get to anything decent to see. And I mean, he, he was, he was, the commentary was good. The, the page wasn't that great. It was. It would always like give you a virus or something like that. But uh, I don't know. It's a bad look for him. Like you can't do that, especially especially being black. You know what I'm saying? And from what I've seen, it's all black women that are uh, having this issue with him. So I mean, it's hard enough for women as it is to get into sports, and it's ten times harder for black women to get into sports, and for them to make it to where he is just to be treated that way, it's just, it's ridiculous. And you can't do that. There's absolutely no space for that kind of behavior, like in any aspect. So we'll see if he gets through it. If he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, should have, should have watched him out, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we're on the, the canceled train right now, let's, let's have a moment of silence for one of the, one of the candidates, one of the high candidates for the, uh, the new national anthem that we were trying to get, after the original national anthem was found out to be kind of racist, or well, extremely racist, third verse. Uh, one of my one of my candidates was uh, Nuck If You Buck, right? But there's been some recent revelations that the producer, the little J on the track, is uh, he is a Trump supporter and he is a flat earther. So oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, there. If you go to his Instagram, he clearly has a red hat, which you get it. That's what you like. I have a lot of questions, but it, that kind of takes them out of the running for the new national anthem. So, um, R.I.P. Nucky Buck, I'm about to take it off the uh, the workout playlist. Um, it, it's a sad day. It's a sad day, man. Like Nucky Buck was uh, definitely a song to either beat somebody up to or catch a beating to. You know, it's if if it lets you know if you're about that life. They came upon the club and then you stayed on the floor. You know, you got some strikes for that. But it, it's time to it's time to put Nucky Buck to rest, man. So. Um, do you guys have any Nuck of You Buck memories? I'm sure Adolphus has assaulted people in the club while Nuck of You Buck has come on. Yo, I remember one time we were in Jacksonville, pulled up on Cartouche. You know, it, it's always been like an Orange Park versus Jacksonville type of rivalry. Like, you know, you move to Orange Park once you get a little money. It's kind of a suburb of Jacksonville. But anyway, we pulled up 30 deep at least to this club Cartouche. And it was coming on. And everybody like in the Orange Park club was... Like we was ready for action, pushing, shoving. It was as crunk as I've ever felt in my life, except like B.I.B.I. times and stuff. But it's it's an excellent song. Like I wouldn't put it as my national anthem, maybe the national ass whipping anthem. But just to hear that information and then also not even to negate the, the serious nature of whoever spit that final verse, like raped their little brother or something like that. So. Yeah, there's a lot going on with crime. Yeah, crime mob was really crimes out here, Doc. Like, yeah, so yeah, I'm not gonna be able to listen to that anymore. 
you know, so we can replace that with head busters, which is a good one. Uh, you don't want no problems. You know, anything by Lil John can kind of suffice the ass whipping anthem. So it's my story for Nuck If You Buck, R.I.P. to a great song. I can't come in the club shaking my dreads because I'm bald headed. So it is what it is. Yeah. It is, hey man, R.I.P. Nuck If You Buck. But stick, sticking on the cancel train real quick, a lot of uh, white people are now canceling themselves for uh, portraying black, Asian, pretty much people of color in cartoons. And uh, yeah, I, I had no clue that the guy that did the voice of Cleveland on Family Guy was white. Never would have guessed that. But apparently now, after 20 years for some people, they're, they're deciding to uh, you know, let, let one of us have a job. Like really just, uh, you know, give us the opportunity to shine out here in the the voice over world. So what are you guys' thoughts? Like, do you think it's a problem that non- uh, black people, brown people, you know, Asian people, Middle Eastern people do the roles of these characters. Like I know a couple of years ago, there was an issue with the uh, character Apu on uh, The Simpsons. Like, I think they just got that character out of the paint altogether. But I mean, is that, is that a problem? Like if it works, it, it should still be good. Right. But I mean, what, what do you guys think? Uh, I think for the for the Simpsons one, with the Apu character, I kind of I understand both sides of it. I guess like I understand why Indian Indian people would be offended by that because he kind of plays up to the Indian stereotypes, and I guess to have a white person doing that is offensive to them, and I I, I understand that. But on the other hand, like that dude's been doing that voice for like 15, 20 years, I guess, or something like that. So if I mean he he gave up the role like he didn't fight about it but I mean I I guess it would make it would make more sense to have an, an Indian person do that voice and it would make more sense to have a black person do those voices on on Family Guy or whatever other show you're doing but I mean at the end of the day this this ain't what people are asking for <laughs> like yeah this is like percent yeah yeah. My my thoughts on it is, I guess I can kind of piggyback on you. Like, for the Cleveland character, as long as you're not like a, a super ghetto caricature of the character and of ourselves and our struggle, I really don't mind it. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily think the character sounded black. I didn't necessarily think the character sounded white. It just kind of is, is what it is. I mean, I'm glad that we even had a character that would have its own spinoff show like that's a minor win in itself uh not knowing whether he was black or white so as long as it's not like some white person playing tyrone or something and being some ghetto thug negro or whatever i'm cool or like a white woman playing boomquisha yeah you know just ultimate ghetto stuff you, you get what i'm saying like i i, don't, I wouldn't mind it as long as it's like that to me the stuff was kind of taste it, it was tasteful and not tasteless so you know you kind of just do what you gotta do i guess and like you said i mean can we instead of worrying about cartoon characters can we arrest the person that killed brianna taylor can we get some of these guys prosecuted yeah that's that's, that's my, that'd be my big that's my big i guess hold up on it's like these things don't matter in the grand scheme of things like the reason they're doing this is to appease and pander to black people but it's like 
that's not what we, what we want. We don't want a Black Lives Matter avenue. Like, we don't need another street named after us. We don't want another, you know, yeah. park or anything like that. We want actual legitimate changes and things. Like, I saw something, uh, Texas, uh, real estate agents and, and people that list homes, they're going to start, they're going to stop naming uh, rooms the master bedroom, which, whatever, but... Are you going to show these nice houses to black people that are qualified to to get them? Are you going to? Are we going to? Are, are you doing redlining? Like, are there? Are you practicing racist things behind the scenes while just changing some? You know, the name of a master bedroom like that master bedroom. Fine, but is a black person going to be able to view these nice ass houses too, or are they just reserved for white people? So, those are the changes we want to see. Not removing master from master bedroom yeah it, it's getting silly man like but i do want to shout out because uh yesterday my home state of mississippi as i was leaving mississippi did vote to remove the confederate flag from our state flag uh, even though that still has not a damn thing to do with arresting officers for police brutality and choking niggas out and uh sedating them for no apparent reason uh, it's still a, a step in the right direction to get rid of that. Um, the same thing is how they, you know, Ole Miss was like they had the Confederate flag in it. They got rid of it like 10, 15 years ago. But so some stuff is good. It's like way past due. Uh, the Confederacy lasted for five years, 100, 160 years ago, now, 170 years ago now. So, you know, so, some stuff is good, but some stuff is like, I don't care. You know, it doesn't need the publicity. Yeah. We don't need, like I said, the symbolism is not needed. Like, we need real, tangible change. Like, I I really don't care about the master bedroom thing. I don't really care about the voice actors to an extent. I know there was, I think people complaining that, like, oh, you have all these British actors playing American roles, like, whatever. But... Yeah, I, I want to see real change. Arresting cops is is showing me that like, hey, you're about that action. Like, all right, cool. These these guys don't have pretty much a license to kill like 007. Like, hold people accountable. If I have to be held accountable at my job, then you should be have to be held accountable at your job. You know what I'm saying? Like, wrangle up these Karens, fire all these Karens that are on Instagram and Twitter wilding out for not having to wear a mask. Like, show us that there are equal 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 punishment, I guess that makes sense. Just, just keep that same energy, like, like the podcast. I don't like. Just keep it real. If I were to go into my local grocery store, not wear a mask, yell at people for not wearing a mask, and then take everything out of my cart that I put in my cart and threw it across the store, what happens to me in that situation? You know what I'm saying? I, I probably don't make it too far out the parking lot before the cops do God knows what to me. But Karen, on the other hand, she can have a mental breakdown. And then probably come on social media the next day and be like, oh, I was stressed out. You know, I didn't get enough sleep last night. That's why I caught all these people niggers. Um, I didn't really mean it. Like, no, man, you don't need a job. You need help. You need mental counseling. You need to talk to somebody. Just put on the mask. It's not that serious. But, I mean, we'll see. I I just hope a lot of these people, and, and for example, uh, Drew Brees has gone into, like, super pander mode. I don't know what that dude's doing. Like, he is wilding now. Like, apparently, I don't know if it was a parody account, but they said he was buying, like, rap music, but, like, buying the edited versions. Like, that just became, 
just to get ingratiated with the coach from like oh bro come on, dog. like they were i think they said they were going to support like uh hbcus or something like that like he has no clue what to do he has no clue what he's doing like he, the pr he's doing is next level it's out of control he's just swinging at the wind at this point because he didn't like he didn't expect this like what he said <laughs> was something that he said four years ago and nobody had a problem with it. Now it's an issue. So now he don't know what to do. He's backpedaling. He's scrambling. He's trying to look in the, in the nigger playbook to see what he can say to get us <laughs> back on their <laughs> <laughs> They're like rap music. Hey, I'm back, baby. Let's go. Let's get the edited, you know, nucket back. <laughs> He's going to buy nucket. <laughs> You guys heard of the crime mob? Crime mob, guys. I like crime mob. Are you nucking? Can we? You want to come over and nuck and butt, guys? <laughs> want some gin and juice, guys? Or throwing a party in the house? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I I don't I don't know what's going on with that guy, but even with like the quarterback of the team, I support Matt Ryan. He's he's doing a lot of things right now in the moment where it's kind of it's it's kind of a layup. Um, he's trying to raise two million dollars for the, the city of Atlanta. Again, hopefully that money goes to places where it's needed and where it can help can help. And he's also speaking out on a lot of these issues. But and, and a lot of fans are giving a lot of kudos for that. But to me, it might not be fair, but I it's not the bare minimum, but I'm really gonna measure his impact or if he really, really is concerned about these issues if we're if he's still talking about this in five years. We're still talking about this in 10 years or when the next, unfortunately, black person is mistreated or killed on tape. He's still out here being vocal about it because right now it's easy to say something. Exactly. You, you had nothing to lose at this point. You know what I'm saying? So, again, shout out to the Falcon supporters, the ones that aren't jackasses and shout out to Matt Ryan. But I, I need you to keep that same energy in five years from now or 10 years from now when you're not a Falcon or maybe if you move from Atlanta and move back to Philadelphia, like. We need you to keep that same energy in the future because if not, then it's it's more lip service, it's more pandering. So, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm starting to kind of creep to the other side of this uh, this kneeling thing. Like the way, I guess four or five years ago, when people were upset about seeing athletes kneeling for the anthem because they thought it was disrespectful, I'm I'm about to start getting on that wave now. At this point, like I, if week one. Everybody is kneeling for the anthem. I think I'm going to be upset about it because y'all had four years to get on board with this. Y'all knew what it was. Y'all ain't say nothing. Colin Kaepernick was doing that solo. Well, he did it with Eric Reed and another guy. But for the most part, he was on his own out there speaking out, and no one had his back. No one had his back. No one spoke up for him. No one did anything. Now, when, you know, four years from now, when like now everybody's, you know, pretty much quarantined and they ain't got nothing else to do but watch black people get murdered on tape. Now people are starting to understand. So now, oh, now you want to kneel for the anthem. Now it's Black Lives Matter. Now it's, oh, let's, you know, stand in solidarity with our brothers. Where was that? What was that four years ago? What changed? Because you saw it on tape. We've been seeing it on tape for years. Rodney King. Like how how many like how many how many black deaths did you ignore before this one hit you? So if you're kneeling for the anthem, you know what? Don't do it. I don't want to see it. I'm gonna I'm a hey, stop disrespecting the flag. I'm offended by it. You don't like this country, you can leave. You stand up for the anthem at this point because you've been standing for five years silently. So keep standing. Don't kneel now. I don't want to hear I don't want to see it. No. No. 
And my thing is that the guy, once again, I, I said this so many times, the guy consulted with a veteran to figure out what was the best way to protest. And for whatever reason, that continually gets lost in the shuffle. Me being a veteran, I respect what Captain did. <laughs> you know what? You're a sicko. You're what a sicko. Are you you know what? You know I have what? my anyway. Navy Federal. <laughs> I'm a veteran so, of what? Okay. So, okay, it, don't it, even say nothing. Anyway, no. so uh, we're gonna introduce the Hobie Riot from the Kids Wear Crowds. I've been wanting to have him on for for a little while. He is the he's one of the people I look at and lean towards for like more of the political information. I'm trying to get a little bit more well versed to it. You know, I listen to my NPR every morning and check out some stuff on the, the interwebs, but. He seems to have a pretty good handle on this. So definitely uh, introduce yourself to the people. Yo, what's happening, everybody? Appreciate y'all having me on, man. It's uh, Ryan with the thekidswearcrowns.com, uh, co-host of Don't Call This a Podcast. Um, right now we're doing a 2020 uh, election miniseries uh, that we go live for every single Wednesday. Um, podcast version airs every single Thursday. Um, so make sure you follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanKWC, um, R-H-I-N-E, um, the country way, spell the country. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog. So real quick, what happens to your old account? Because like I see that you just like mysteriously got blocked. Like you don't be on Twitter while it out. Like. Twitter got Twitter got me the fuck out of here, and I don't know why. I'm sorry, are we allowed to cuss? I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, Twitter got me the fuck out of here. I don't know why. Um, I I happened to be funny enough. I was tweeting about it was like stuff about the University of Alabama system. I was talking to some friends about, and the next day I don't have an account anymore. So um, it's been over a month now, which I know all y'all may not be familiar with the inner workings of the UA system, but there's a lot of shady stuff going on there. And we were just talking about how they came across all their money. Um, and just the next day, my account don't exist no more. So Okay, now my family's from Alabama, so let's okay. trade like my brother. Well, no, I'd lived there for about 12 years. I went, I went to school in the UA system, but I worked for the UA system too. And it was just a lot of stuff about, you know, they uh, quick backstory. The old chancellor of the UA system actually took out like eight hundred million dollars in bond money at the beginning of uh, the early two thousands to build the campus up, and he was banking on football, right? Like that's at the time where the University of Alabama itself was trash in football. They were banking on football. That money was coming due right as they got saving. So there's a lot of backstory. Like UAB was going to hire um, Jimbo Fisher back in like two thousand six, and they blocked it. Part of the reason they blocked him is because they wanted him on Saban's staff because they needed Saban to get make the football program relevant so that when that money came due, they weren't in the hole, basically. So it's a whole bunch of stuff like that. We were talking about that, and all of a sudden, I ain't got no account no more. So that's the new account. Follow me there. Um, I'm trying to slowly build the base back up. I had, like, almost 3,000 before they got me out of here. So that was a nice little promotional tool. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so shout out to Jack from Twitter who wants to change the Twitter page to Black Lives Matter and all this stuff, but man's got his page taken away for no reason. Let Trump retweet so, uh, white power people, but, you know, okay, that's cool. That's fine. Okay, so since we've gone there, what what are your thoughts on the current, uh, what's going on with the uh, election coming up? I know we, we've talked about it on the timeline a couple times, but um, I know, that, like, you'll see people on timeline talking about, like, oh, I'm not going to vote for Biden, and he's just as bad as, as 45. We refer to him to, as 45 in this podcast. All right. And uh, and you'll jump in. You'll start kicking the facts. I'm like, 
minus all the facts, like what more do you need to not come out and vote? I mean, look, I definitely understand that people are tired of seeing old white men be the nominees for president. I get it. I totally it do. It is I what totally it is. We, we can't think about that. Well, you know, and, and, that's and my thing is, my thing is a lot of the people that are upset about Biden get the nomination, upset about another white man being the being the nominee. Um, got Cory Booker out of here. They got Kamala Harris out of there. They weren't paying attention to anything that Deval Patrick had to say. So a lot of these people that are kind of now on the, well, why is it Biden? They're the same thing. I think a lot of people pay attention to the person and not the platform. And a lot of that is kind of um, kind of the celebrity politics that we've been playing since like the early 2000s. Um, you know, you heard the famous quotes of people like George W. Bush. They wanted to have a beer with him as opposed to Al Gore, which, you know, if Al Gore wins that election, we're probably not dealing with climate change in the way that we are. But I think a lot of that has to do with where we are. But when you look at Biden's platform, it is actually the most progressive platform that a nominee has had for the Democratic Party ever. Um, it's an actually robust platform. It, it, is it Bernie's? No, it's not Bernie's. Um, is it Warren's? No. But since uh, he has essentially won the nomination, he's taken those platforms on. So, I mean, we're talking stuff like ending cash bail or, uh, uh, you know, ending cash bail, ending uh, uh, bail altogether in the transitionary period, expanding medical uh, coverage, um, you know, with a, with a public plan. We're talking about, um, what's the other big one that I keep thinking about? We're talking about uh, making college free for everybody, for families who make less than $125,000 per year, um, or at least a uh, significant uh, addition to the to the way that the, uh, the federal government funds public education, which is sorely needed. I don't know if y'all have seen anything that Betsy DeVos has been trying to do in terms of cutting public education, but yeah, this administration... Yeah, this administration is attacking public education. So one of the biggest disparities about income and, and um, you know, attainment for black Americans in this country has to revolve around education. And ever since integration happened, uh, you know, if you ever think about how we fund our schools, our public schools, it's all done, done through property taxes. Well, if you've redlined everybody in certain neighborhoods and you devalue their homes, their property taxes are fewer. So if their property taxes are fewer, their schools aren't aren't getting the right budgets. And so the federal government is not coming in to, to meet that shortfall. The state has to do it. And if the state is broke, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, up until a few years ago, then they're not really putting the money in that, that they should be. So you're exasperating the, the gap even further. So now she's allowing federal money to go to private schools and to charter schools, which charter by another name is basically segregation academy. So it, 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 there's a lot of things that this administration is doing that's that's detrimental to black people. And even if you think that Biden is not going to do anything but return to the quote unquote status quo, you at least stop the bleeding now. And whoever he picks as his VP, that's who's running in 2024. That's what's been established. So whether it's Kamala or Elizabeth or Stacey Abrams or Keisha or whoever, that is who they're going to push forward in four years. So this is about stopping the bleeding, stopping what Trump is doing. Um, I know it's a lot right now because every day we're getting hit with a new scandal by this dude, but there's so much corruption and so much devastation that's going to disproportionately affect um, black people. And I'll add this one thing and I'll let you uh, uh, implement your question. This election is about the courts too. We already have a Supreme Court that is five to four Republican. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is hanging on for her dear life. Um, we also have, I can't think of the other judge who's also on the verge of retirement too. If he wins, if Trump wins again, you have two more judges on the Supreme Court that are going to retire more than likely before his term is over with. Um, if not outright die, hope not. But you have two potentially that are that are going to, seats that are going to need to be filled. On top of that, he has 
he has appointed 200 federal judges to different districts and courts. If you want progressive legislation and you let him have another four terms, you're not getting that until my kids are grandparents. So I want y'all to be aware of that kind of stuff. Of I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit until they're parents, but I want y'all to be aware yeah. of the of the generational shift that is going to continue to happen. You think Republicans or 30% of this country has a, has a, a lot of control now? Give him four more years and to be able to pack the courts. You're not getting anything through. Yeah, so the thing is with the, the VP nod, I, hasn't he already said that it's going to be a woman of color, correct? He said it's going to be a woman. Um, he has I not said, announced I, it. Well, I could have sworn he said it was a woman of color, though. I don't think his. I don't think he's officially said it. I think his camp is saying that he needs to do it now. Okay. Um, I think if you would have asked me about three weeks ago before George Floyd's murder, who would it would have been? I think he was leading towards Elizabeth Warren, but I think because of everything that's happened, let me put it this way: it would look bad to nominate a seventy-year-old white woman, no matter the fact that she had the most progressive platform for black people out of all the candidates that were running for president. Optically, it'll look bad because people don't realize what her platform was. And I don't know how familiar y'all were with Elizabeth Warren's platform, but she would be the best nominee to me in terms of ensuring that the progressive agenda is put forward, an agenda that focuses on black people, and minority people is put forward. It's going to be Kamala. <sighs> so what I'll say about that is, is that you mentioned uh, Mayor Keisha Bottoms. And the one reason we can't have that is because we can't have Killer Mike and T.I. at the White House. Because oh who who knows what they would say <laughs> if they were given the opportunity to go there. So she, in my eyes, she, she's out of here. The thing with Kamala, though, is that the narrative that was going on on Twitter, which was, which was ridiculous because, again, it was her job as a prosecutor is that she's a cop. So with us wanting to defund the police right now and, and all the ACAB stuff, a lot of people are going to be turned off to Kamala Harris as a VP nod, if that makes sense. I would agree. I think one of the big things to note, too, though, is that Twitter is not America or Twitter is not a lot of. The yeah, 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 yeah. And so that, while you, you're going to have a lot of, of, of Twitter people upset. You're going to have black Twitter upset because Kamala is a cop and all this kind of stuff. I think the biggest thing is that Kamala is not as progressive as I would like her to be and how a lot of people would like her to be. And if this election is going to be about pushing a progressive agenda and you're doing it through uh, through Joe Biden, then I think it would make progressive people more comfortable. And we could talk about Bernie in a second, but I think it would make those people more comfortable if you put somebody with a known progressive history on the ticket, which is why to me, Stacey is the best choice, if not Tammy Duckworth. But now you can't do Tammy Duckworth because even though she's a person of color, she's Thai, she's not black. And so... You know, Val Demings, again, is somebody who's directly tied to policing. She was a sheriff or she she oversaw uh, uh, Orlando's police department. So even though she didn't really have any troubles while she was over it, again, it's not a good look. So it kind of leaves you with Kamala. And that's why I feel like that's what's going to happen. The word is right now it's between Kamala and Warren. I'm so glad Salicone Kobachar isn't isn't one of the nominees anymore. Isn't one of the possibilities anymore. I like I liked her too, man. She seemed like a very she seemed like a very personable person, man. During the debates and stuff. But if you dig into Amy's history, she's the reason. She's one of the reasons why Derek Chauvin was still part of the Minneapolis Police Department. Yeah, yeah so I saw that. I saw. she's 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 got some history. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess the bottom line for people that are hearing this, I know some of the stuff might go over your head, but just vote. 
make make the right choice. Like, well, and here, if you need a reason to vote, like I said before about the courts and everything like that, beyond that, because I know a lot of people kind of run with this theory that, well, the DNC rigged it against Bernie, and you know, when Bernie was in the lead, they came and snatched it from him and everything like that. But let me put it this way: Bernie Sanders never polled above thirty-five percent. He never polled above 35% in, in almost any of those races. The reason why is because Bernie never, he took black people for granted. He assumed that because his policies were progressive, that black people would fall in line. And he didn't do the work to explain why his policies were beneficial for black people. Elizabeth Warren did. And you saw that she ended up getting more black votes. But here's the big thing. Bernie Sanders won very white states. He won Iowa or he was tied with Iowa with, with Mayor Pete. He won New Hampshire. He won a very uh, diverse state in Nevada that's uh, mainly Hispanic. But when the tide turned, it was when the South got to vote. Joe Biden said after the Nevada primaries that the biggest representation of the Democratic Party has yet to have a voice. And as soon as Black people got to voting, Biden won the nomination. I'm going to tell you right now, because of the way this country is, if Bernie was the nominee, I don't believe he's polling the way that Biden is. I don't believe he's at 50 something percent. I believe that he may show as in the lead, but we end up with another Hillary situation where it gets blown at the end. This country is not, white people are not prepared to move to a progressive route as a whole because it makes them give up some of the privileges that they've had. It makes them feel more aware of what's been going on. Um, I mentioned before with Elizabeth Warren with um, you know her policies affecting black people more than anything. Elizabeth Warren, even though she didn't directly say we're going to do a reparations payment, said we're going to shift our policy on climate change and the new climate industry will be focused in black neighborhoods. Because that's who, you know, climate, environmental racism, these are the things that have affected black people. If you look at the stories of Tarrant, Alabama and stuff like that, where there's toxins in the dirt, these mm -hmm. these companies are have been allowed to dump um, uh, pollution, everything like that in black neighborhoods. So Elizabeth Warren was prepared to say, hey, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to curate new climate industries, things to combat climate change, alternative industry. And we're going to ensure that black people are the ones to be able to benefit from this since they were harmed by the growth and the expansion of fossil fuels and coal. So again, I understand that people are upset that Bernie didn't win. But when you look at what Biden has adopted policy wise, whose climate change plan did he adopt? Jay Inslee and Elizabeth Warren. Jay Inslee had the most aggressive climate change policy out there and tagging Elizabeth Warren onto that shows you that he's actually trying to listen and understand what needs to be done. Yeah. So definitely do your research, educate yourself and get out there and vote. But uh, we'll, we'll take it to a, a little wider subject real quick as I guess we wrap. Uh, everybody saw that uh, Cam Newton was just signed by the Patriots, correct? I'm so conflicted. Yes. Hey, you know what? At, at this at this point in my life, man, I'm rooting for everything black, man. I hope Cam Newton is fully healthy. I hope he balls the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, AC, what is, what is your take on uh, Scam Newton joining the Patriots? Hey, man. Hey, relax. <laughs> I'm just it everybody. It everybody does it. He just had the most controversy. Right. All of them do it. Fair, Fair enough. On his name, okay. Let's put some respect on his name. Um. <clears throat> It's not the news that I was looking for. Um, if you follow me, you know who I'm waiting to be signed. And I don't care who signs this person, I'm going to get the jersey day one. So this is a small consolation prize because he deserved another opportunity to play in the league. 
Uh, five years ago, he was the you know MVP of the league. Uh, he's been hurt the last two years. I hope for the best for him, but uh, sign Kaepernick. And that's my thoughts. Yeah, he he definitely deserved to get signed. Like I know people will point to maybe his completion percentage or any or stuff like that. But I mean, we can look up and down everybody's roster. All these quarterbacks. There's plenty of them that have had bad seasons that have never had as good a seasons as him. You can point Carter to Cam, you can point at Cam Newton's injury history. He got injured last year, but uh, Nick Foles just got signed. He's coming off of I believe two injured seasons. Joe Flacco got signed coming off of a neck injury. So like I like all these all, there are so many excuses for why Cam Newton wasn't signed at this point and none of them hold any water. Like this dude is what's he like 6'5, 6'6, 250, fast, has a big arm. Is he as accurate as a lot of the quarterbacks? No, he's not as accurate as Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But this but to suggest that he's not good enough to play in the league. It's just dumb. Like, he played pretty well last year until he got hurt. Like, he's only – I think he's 31? 31. 30. 31 years old? Like, any anybody could have had this dude. I wanted Cam Newton. I wanted that dude. I was like, hey, if we can get him, I would rather take Cam Newton on a minimum deal, minimal deal, than have Phillip Rivers for $25 million. I'd kill for Cam Newton right now. But I mean – does everybody forget who Cam was before that injury midway through 2018? Like, I don't know if y'all seen that compilation. Um, Somebody posted on Twitter that showed, like, Cam Newton throwing, like, darts and dimes. And his receivers just being like, oh, 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 oh shit. Oh, damn, I dropped it. Like, Air, that 2015 receivers. Bruh, receivers. That, that 2015 wide receiver squad had no business being formed on an NFL roster. They went and got this man a defensive tackle to be his number one receiver. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, the man, the, the, those 2018 numbers before he got hurt, I, when they were like six and two, I think he had something like he was on track to repeat his MVP numbers. And then he got hurt, and everybody saw that Steelers game on Monday Night Football where he could barely throw it, uh, throw a check down. And then from there, for whatever reason, the narrative just got painted. Like, all of a sudden, these these experts are saying, oh, well, I don't know if he beats Jared Stidham. Like, bro, what are y'all smoking and how can I get some? Yeah, yeah, man. And that's unfortunately one of the things where we, we need more fair media. Because again, Gardner I mean, Minshew is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. That absurd. He went six and six. And why do you always have to bring I, up I, I, the Jaguars coach? I, uh, I ain't mad at Gardner. I'm not mad at Gardner. I think I'm you I know, am. I'm one of the people that thinks like uh that the 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 quarterback from the not so big school or from the not big powerhouse deserves the chance. I think he came in and did what he was supposed to do. You see if he can get better. Now there's no reason why Josh Allen should still have a job. There's no reason why um, what's that boy name from um, there's no reason why Andy Dalton should have been the starter for so long. Like all of these things should not have happened. And I will give Gardner Minshew a pass going into year two before I give any of them a pass. Also. Yeah. No Jaguar slander. My family's from Duval County. So, you know, I kind of have a little place for my heart. I got a little place in my heart for the fighting David Garrards. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, no slander. No slander. I, I, I lived in Clay County for a little bit. I got my people working uh, in Duval County. I mean, it is what it is. I'm just saying, like, the, the Jaguars probably would have a Super Bowl championship if they'd assigned a quarterback Cam Newton's caliber 
when they had Blake Bortles. If they They wouldn't have tried to hide Blake Bortles at the end of that championship game, if they would have just let them keep doing what they were doing, they would have been in the Super Bowl. They probably wouldn't have won it, but they would have been in the Super Bowl. But they got scared, and they were like, oh, shit, Blake Blake might fuck up any minute. We're going to just run the ball, just run the ball. And they they lost the game. They they pulled the Falcons. Laughs laughs and Kaepernick. Laughs and Kaepernick. I need need to I need to know what Bill Simmons thinks about this signing. What's he think? Has he said that? I looked at his Twitter account. He ain't tweeted nothing. I wonder why. Why, is yeah. he, why is he not tweeting right now? He ain't tweeted. They're, they're getting off all the N-word keyboard memes right now. <laughs> they're getting them all off right now. He's on his burner <laughs> account right now. As soon as he's going to accept Man. Hey, he needs to be mic'd up, man. We need mic up. Well, first of all, they need to mic up Cam for the post-COVID season because we're not having a football season this year. No, so. no chance. I've, I've come to accept this. Like, the, the Falcons fans that I follow, they're absurd. They're just, like, obsessed. Like, I feel like these people have no lives, man. Like, it's I need my football. I need my football until somebody dies. Then it's like, you it's know, what, maybe, we shouldn't play, maybe we shouldn't have played football now. But, you know, it is what it is. But. I mean, I hope Cam does well. I mean, again, I'm rooting for everybody black, man. If you black and you out here trying to do big things, man, I don't care if you play for my team. Wow. All, all skin folk ain't Cam. All skin folk ain't Cam. I, I, okay, I get that. To an extent. There's limitations to my, my rooting for everybody black. Not, you know. But I will root for Cam. I'm with you. I like I I don't hate the Patriots. I think I'm more so hated I, Tom Brady. And now that he's gone, I feel like I can kind of – root for Cam's success and Mohamed Sanu was there so I can root for him a little bit, you know, but I think it was Brady. I just didn't like Brady. I think that's probably what it is. Now that he's on Tampa, I can hate him even more. It all works well, out. I get, yeah, I hope that we uh, can bring the heat as an organization for Atlanta, but we'll see, man. I hate to see us get carved up by Tom Brady, man. Like we were getting carved up by uh, James Winston when he played. If we get carved up by a 43-year-old quarterback twice in one year, then I'm I, Super Bowl 51 was enough to make me be like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, but that's really going to make me put down football. Well, we, we will see in about a year from now, but we play again. <laughs> he might retire Facts. from old age. Facts. Guys, got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, I'll do my shout outs again. Shout out to the kidsworkgrounds.com. Make sure you follow us. Go to us uh, on YouTube at uh, the KWC blog. If you have trouble finding it, go through my Twitter account. I've got a link to it. Um, we're adding a bunch of new stuff on our YouTube, new video essays we're doing. Um, we do live streams several times a week um, for our different shows. So as I mentioned before, Don't Call Us a Podcast is being live streamed. Uh, politics as Usual, which is actually ironically not about politics, is being live streamed. Um, on last week's episode where Ron and D recap uh, different shows, I think they're about to do a uh, a recap of the boys before season two kicks off. You can uh, check that out there. Um, make sure you check out all of our podcasts. Again, go to the website, thekidswearcrowns.com to get access. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we are doing. I'm working on two new video essays sometime between trying to get this thesis done. So I said it would be end of June. June ends in two days. It ain't happening. So it'll be sometime in July, um, maybe. So it's either it's going to be now before baby gets here because when baby gets here in... Uh, this is baby number three, so it's just, oh, never mind. We're gonna keep plugging, so but you know, it's probably gonna be a good three or four weeks before I get back to, to writing anything. So that's my shout outs. Damn, yeah, uh, I guess shout out to uh, 
Pixar, Disney Pixar, I watched Up today. And I've been actually meaning to watch the movie for like 10 years because it came out in like 2009. I don't know what I was expecting from that movie, but it was not what I expected. At least not the middle and the ending, but it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. I, I got my feelings at the end, but it was really good. I, like Disney and Pixar, they put out some good stuff. Another movie I've never seen. AC, <laughs> what are you shouting out this week? Uh, I have no shout outs this week. Uh, thank you uh, for coming on with us, uh, Mr. Ryan. Uh, I, I don't have any shout outs. Like, uh, oh, shout out to the dog, Antoine Clater. Uh, that was my high school best friend. Uh, we met up in Gulfport. You know, you just, oh, shout out to the homie, uh, Tony. Uh, whose wife comes on the podcast uh, on occasion. Uh, so definitely shout out to Angelica at Angelic Flows. Uh, hope you feel better soon. Uh, as y'all know, she has been battling sickle cell and with everything with COVID that's going on. She's been kind of hectic. So definitely shout out to you uh, for still staying focused. Uh, as soon as you get better, you know, you, the seat's always open. We're always looking for people to come on and chop it up with us. Uh, that's all I got, though. That's have y'all seen that damn dust storm or whatever's in the air? Like, I don't know, yeah. bro. The maps was talking about it was like in Jonesboro, so I'm good. Yeah, like I man, drove through it, man. I don't know what was going on. What it looked like? Yeah. Was it just looked like it, it just looks like just... a bunch of dust in the air, and like my car is filthy. Like I was driving through Atlanta and just ran all through it. So. God, man. Well, apparently it happens every year in Jamaica. Just this year, it happens to be way worse for some reason. But I need to do a whole podcast or a thread of all the movies, all the movies I haven't seen. Like I, I've never the seen. Black up. Card needs to be revoked, but yeah. For up, not for up, like, but for Roots, Mississippi Burning, uh, a lot of the older black movies that you just don't. Uh, want I to still see. haven't seen Bad Boys Three, dog. But anyways, I, I haven't seen Titanic. Like, I'm not gonna hold that one against you, but Roots and Mississippi Burning, you kind of you need to. You got you got to sit through the pain on that one. Do I though? Yeah, you do. My cousin was in the movie. Like, come on. I read *To Kill a Mockingbird*, so I know you know you got to bust up a shift robe and all that stuff. But um, yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody who rocks with us. Definitely uh, check out the new logo. We actually need to update that thing. We'll talk about that later. But uh, real quick, I'll slide in some anime. I've almost reached. Uh, <laughs> 10% of one piece. I am almost at one episode 100 of 900 plus. So we're making we're making some waves. We're making some waves. Shout out to the goat Luffy. Uh he's holding it down. And uh yeah, that's all I got. I was and, uh, shout out. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, what, what are you gonna watch? I'm, I was I'm gonna say I was gonna watch some anime, but like this whole Pokemon rewatch is like drugging through the mud right now. So like I ain't I, I can't do it after this. This is this is enough. Like I'm just now diamond and pearl, and I've been doing this shit for two months. I, I, so if you need suggestions, I'll definitely put you on game. A uh, shout out to, to Prince Purple being a, a better artist than Michael Jackson. Uh, oh, unblock the Home Market Sniffles podcast as well. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, no, I was about to say you're wild, bro. Huh? I said you're wild now. I just want to say you can mention the other folks, but uh, there we go. Honors College. There we go. Hey, Georgia State. Oh, shout and, out. Uh, shout out to people that pay me. There we go. Yeah, definitely unblock the Hobie Marcus. There we go. Oh, Biles, one of the greatest athletes of all times. Uh, unblock the Hobie Marcus sniffles. There was no beef, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, 
Look, if you if anybody to me on Twitter that tweets Prince is gay, that tells me that you do not listen to his music. The dude literally talks about having sex with women ninety nine percent of the time. Like, okay, he dressed a little crazy, but I mean, the Isley Brothers dressed a little wild back in the days. Pull your woman in high heels. That's in her what high I'm heels. Saying. And then blow her back out, dog. And then make a track about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, like, don't, don't play the man. Rest in peace. Yeah, so definitely the homie uh, Dynamite, he's a Gator fan. You know, a free market still. Rip that man <laughs> off the block, man. He's one of the, he's one of the good guys. So I'm a good fan of podcast. But yeah, man. Uh, the Brother Los, check out some some Prince. Listen to all of it. There, I've yet to stumble upon a bad Prince album. So, you know, that's my take. But it's your boy, Sapri706. This is KTSC. And remember, always keep that same energy. We out. Peace.